know that on my website, I have a lot of different pages on a lot of different things that I'm able to do, but I'm not really able, I wasn't really able to unify them. And I don't think that the copy that's there speaks to who my ideal client is. And that's the thing that I've really had a hard time identifying. I've spent some time thinking about it, but I don't haven't come up with any solutions. Well, hello there. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I am Phil. And I'm Lauren. And we are brand strategists, or for the purpose of the next few minutes, we are brand therapists. Not actually qualified for that title. But Not qualified. Let's go with it for the next few minutes. Here's how this podcast works if you're brand new. If you're not new, well, you already know. But if you're brand new, we get a stranger on the phone. The type of client we would normally work with every single day, but these clients are not paying us, but they are looking for advice. Instead of paying us, they pay in the form of exposure, letting us share the conversation we have with them with you. So we're glad you're here. This is a fun one. Katie is who we're speaking with today. And Katie is a chef. Well, she's so many other things. She's a food stylist. She's a consultant. She's... She does it all. Absolutely qualified to do a lot of things. But food is the real connector, the real bridge between what she does. And she has a challenge that a lot of us relate to. I relate to this. I look to you when we're trying to do this exact exercise for our own business. How do we sum it up in a sentence? It's so hard to do yourself. Oh my goodness, it is hard. Especially the more qualifications you have, the more difficult it is because you have to pick and choose what the most important or relevant information is. Yeah, the greater pressure you feel to include all of these things for fear that by not including it, your client might not identify themselves in you when they're looking, you know, for a collaboration. But it's possible. It's very possible to distill it into one sentence. And in this episode, we do it. For Katie, will you do it? No, I'm team the, effort. Yeah. Well, shall we get to the conversation? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's let's cook up this thing. Oh, boy. Let's jump right into it. Our conversation with Katie. My name is Katie, and I um, am a food professional with a serious interest in philanthropy and giving back. And I have spent several decades um, working in pretty much every aspect of the food industry from being a restaurateur and chef to food stylist, media spokesperson, recipe developer, caterer, all those kinds of things. And I have a a very keen sense of doing uh, complicated logistics, uh, budget-oriented delivery and being able to uh, work in a, a time frame of live television and crazy time demand. So I have that kind of left brain, right brain thing. I have also coupled that with a deep passion for giving back. And I'm involved in the hunger crisis and others as well, including displacement and poverty, which is a root cause of hunger. And I want to find a way to brand those two things together. My uh, tag on my website is palette, passion, purpose. But I want to be able to to come up with the right messaging so that I can attract corporate clients that will allow me to monetize those that skill set so I can continue my work in philanthropy. Are you currently working with corporate clients or are you hoping to work with them? Well, the clients that I work with now are primary, primarily in the culinary industry. So I do things like take a contra-seasonal fruit and come up with a compelling way so that U.S. Uh, media will write about something from another part of the world in a, in a day when we're looking at something 
uh, eating locally and seasonally, we still have to, to eat blue food in January. So getting South American blueberries, for example. And so the challenge there is it has to be healthy because it's right after Christmas when we're writing about it. And so everyone's on a diet. And then the challenge is to not just do, if it's a blueberry, not just do a blueberry pancake, something that's different and creative. It has to be simple. It has to be few ingredients because of the media outlet. So I'll do that kind of a project and I can kind of do it soup to nuts. That's an example of an existing client. So I do the recipe development, styling, and also the media spokesperson work. That's sort of my sweet spot for pulling together both my creative and analytical skills into one package. I also do a lot of just one part of that for different clients. I may just do food styling or I may just do recipe development, but I love to do more of that sort of soup to nuts kind of career. And if a corporate client was going to be working with you, would they be a food corporation or could it be any industry? It could be any industry because I do a lot of, you know, product branding. It's, it's interesting. It's like the cobbler's child goes barefoot, right? I can't yeah. brand myself necessarily, but I work with all these clients on branding. I guess it's just it gets the short straw of my attention. And so that's probably the real thing. Not that I can't do it. It just falls off my radar over and over again because of my work. But I will work with a product that's doing, I'm, I'm working on a product development now. So it's for let's call it a, a, a healthy meal solution replacement and uh, coming up with the different flavors. But before I can start creating those flavor profiles, I need to know what the attributes of that product are. What, what are the marching orders in terms of nutritional uh, qualities, in terms of where it's going to fit in the broad scale of things that are already out there. And so I w- would work with them to try and identify that. And in this particular case, the client had a particular base recipe, but she didn't know about any of the other things. So I helped focus her on the kinds of questions that need to be asked and setting up a brand statement for the product before you even step in the kitchen to create the recipes. So I do a little bit of the coaching too. And I, you know, mentoring has always been something that I've been very keen about. That's not necessarily something that I have ever tried to monetize, except in the case of where clients need it. Great. And then my my kind of last question is really so that we can connect the dots between corporate clients, your expertise in food particularly, and nonprofits. So if you were hypothetically going to be engaging with a corporate client from any industry, would your goal be to kind of spearhead a food-related nonprofit initiative for that corporation? I think that kind of CSR or corporate social responsibility is also a real sweet spot because I have the nonprofit background. I've been involved in the launch of uh, one nonprofit and um, I'm on the board of a fairly large other one in addition to some other smaller projects. So those are kind of my two main things. But I think being able to to bring that together, whether it be a fundraising event, because I have all of that kind of tactical logistics expertise. It could be food, it could be other things, but something that has the, the benefits of, of providing for the greater good is something that I'm really passionate about. I feel like, and this is just kind of off the bat, and we'll obviously need to talk about this in more detail, and I want Phil's perspective on this too. I think food needs to be part of the equation for what you're doing, just because I don't want to say that anyone could do a nonprofit because that's not that's I'm not implying that at all but but food is really what sets you apart I think like owning food and nonprofit initiatives just kind of goes together really really well and I like the specificity of that. What do you think Phil? 
I think so too. I think it's a common thread in everything you do. You've got a lot of areas where you can work from events to consulting to, I mean, probably media opportunities and such. So that's the common thread that I think is the differentiator for sure, for sure. Well, that's that's really what I have um, tried to weave together on my own. I just feel like I'm not getting the messaging quite right so that I'm attracting the right kind of people. And I thought adding a blog to my website would really help with that. But and while the blog is a lot of fun and it's very successful, I really haven't spent any time trying to monetize that. And I feel like that should be more of an adjunct, maybe leading towards writing a book at some point. But I need to focus my website messaging at, on my professional skills. You know, very uh, few bloggers have culinary credentials. There's a lot of people that just enjoy cooking and they want to share their recipes. And some of them are very successful about it. But I have a lengthy career. I owned my own restaurants. I was written in uh, one of 30 or 40 chefs in the Great Women Chef book. There's just a lot of things that I bring to the table through my expertise that I don't think I'm doing a very good job of, of branding, and cap, you know, capitalizing on those, those specific skill sets. You have so much experience and and I, I feel like it kind of almost comes down to like your elevator pitch in a way. I think it's really challenging to succinctly describe what you do when you can do it all. So maybe that's what we should focus on today. I thought Phil was anti-elevator pitch. No, Phil loves an elevator pitch, but I don't normally call it an elevator pitch. I call it a brand sentence. I'm always for... This is a great example of someone who can do it all, just like Lauren said. Like, how do you distill that into a sentence or two? How, when you're so competent, you have so many tangible skills that are monetizable, how do you distill this into a focus? And this is where we start to think about, okay, what is your perspective? What's your take on things? We get the literal services that you offer, your ability to pull off events, your ability to consult but why you, right? So every individual is made up of two things, content, personality. The personality is what keeps us coming back to you. Why you? I didn't know that you used to own a restaurant. That's super interesting. You've got a lot of, of very kind of tangible credentials that prove to us you're an expert in this space. I'm less worried about those for a minute. Keep those, put them on the shelf, but let's talk more about your philosophy. What drives you to do what you do? What are some of the wins in your career where you've looked back and, you, and, and those moments have happened and you've gone, you know what? That's why I do what I do. What are the first things that come to mind when I ask you that? Well, the first is more literal probably than what you imagine, but it is definitely a planting a flag moment in my life. I was on Wall Street having gone to University of Chicago for my MBA at a time where they really didn't let women into business school. And I um, won a recipe contest. So literally a win. And the prize was an apprenticeship in France. So I spent a year in Europe working in different restaurants and then came back, not knowing at all what I was going to do, but knowing that I couldn't go back to um, Wall Street, the job I liked, the people I hated. <laughs> there was just no ethics. And so I, I found that I could do a lot of different things. And that's how I started doing so many things between working in magazines and um, catering and uh, recipe development and food styling and, and eventually within five years opening a restaurant. The core thing that links through all of it is uh, collaboration on a team, solving a problem, building a sense of community. I mean, that, that, that flows into um, entertaining. It's a, you know, one event and you're putting something together and it's magical and everyone breaks bread and has a great, great time. If it's a nonprofit thing, it's making a difference, but it's still that sort of collaboration, solving a problem. It, it ties down more to 
why I'm doing it than exactly what it is that I'm doing. How would you distill it into one sentence if I forced you to right now? Tell me your brand in one sentence. Well, I think, you know, that's why I sort of locked in on palette, passion, purpose, because I feel like that articulates that the, the palette brings in the food aspects of it, but it, it can also relate to style and other things besides just tasting. Passion, because I don't do anything without an inordinate amount of energy and uh, drive and uh, sustenance and endurance and all those kinds of things. So I go at things wholeheartedly. And then um, purpose, because there's sort of a sort of moral, ethical, greater good for anything that we're doing to live a purposeful kind of life. I like this for like a mission statement for your brand, but that is... Not, it's not a brand statement. That is not a brand statement. But the, the good thing for you, Katie, is you have us on the phone and we're going to help you come up with one. We've been listening to all of this and I love your mind. It works a mile a minute, a mile a second, because you truly are so competent in so many different areas. I love when when we encounter people with this challenge of like, you know what, I know I'm good at what I do and I have proof of it, but how on earth do I say this in a way that people can get very quickly. Lauren, you've been so quiet. I know you're working away over here thinking about how we can help Katie. Thoughts? Yeah. So I love the themes of like palette and purpose and everything you just described. I think those are great themes to ground your brand. But I do think that there are some kind of tangible terms that that you've been using to describe your credentials that we can really boil down into like one like powerful sentence. So I think when if I were to kind of drill down on what your title is. Yes, you're a chef. Yes, you're a blogger. Yes, you're all of those things. But but really, the next phase of your brand is being a social responsibility consultant. You have the business mind and the wherewithal to be able to properly advise corporations on how to give back. So I my thought that I've just kind of scribbled down and we can talk about is that your brand sentence might be something like... Hold the phone. I got a deal for you. Lauren and I do this for a living. Just what we're doing right now on this podcast, but much more detailed. All about you. Brand therapy. Not just this podcast, but the real deal. You get to sit back, relax. We do all the heavy lifting when it comes to figuring out how we position, build, and promote your brand. It's called a brand audit consultation. After 90 minutes of hanging out with us, you get a super detailed recap that will help you tangibly take action, execute, and create an amazing brand. For more information, visit my website, philpallon.expert slash therapy for all the details where you can also get a special discount. Check it out. Now let's get back to the show. Yes, you're a chef. Yes, you're a blogger. Yes, you're all of those things. But but really, the next phase of your brand is being a social responsibility consultant. You have the business mind and the wherewithal to be able to properly advise corporations on how to give back. So I, my thought that I've just kind of scribbled down and we can talk about is that your brand sentence might be something like, social responsibility consultant and chef who helps corporations find purpose through food. And the reason why... I like that. Oh, good. Good. The reason why I like this is because it hits upon every everything that makes you special and you unique. So social responsibility consultant immediately puts you in the driver's seat. It shows authority. It, it 
also shows the nonprofit angle right away. And I feel like with social responsibility, there's an expectation that that you're good at communications, which you are. And I think it's also important to have chef in there just to, again, back up your food experience. And um, I like folk, corporations really care about themselves first, right? So I think it's important to say that you help corporations find purpose. That's the most important thing. Through food is kind of the the cross of the T. Like that's kind of, that's the conduit, but really you're helping corporations. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know that on my website, I have a lot of different pages on a lot of different things that I'm able to do, but I'm not really able, I wasn't really able to unify them. And I don't think that the copy that's there speaks to who my ideal client is. And that's the thing that I've really had a hard time identifying. I've spent some time thinking about it, but I don't haven't come up with any solutions of how to tie all those things together. So this is a very timely um, uh, therapy session for me. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's funny because now I'm I'm looking I'm looking at this brand sentence written down in front of me, and then I'm looking at what's on the homepage of your website with those different kind of um, like core competencies. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it kind of makes a little bit more sense because saying that you develop custom recipes through the lens of a social responsibility consultant is very cool. So I I think this this might help. That's great. I like it. And I just, as I said, I've been trying to figure out who my ideal client is. And because I do so many different things, this is sort of the... uh, the big uh, challenge is how do you find, how do you put it in a way that doesn't really eliminate somebody, but does take away the chat so that you're not chasing every possible lead because you don't want to waste your time on people that are not your ideal client, but doesn't put people off. But as a result, having nothing, I'm not capturing enough of the right people. That's exactly it. You've realized something really important. I've often said this on stages and directly to clients. When you try to appeal to everyone, you effectively appeal to no one. Right. Even by adding in the, the the word corporations into that sentence that Lauren just wrote for you, that is so powerful in itself because corporations see that and go, oh my God, she's for us. Whereas if we, just by excluding that word, they're not going to identify themselves right away. They may even make the assumption that in fact, you're not for them. You're not a good fit for them, you know? It, it, it can really work for you when you commit to that stance. The other thing I was going to mention to you that's useful is that you've also, there's pressure on this exercise of branding to feel like we include everything. But in fact, your brand sentence should be that overarching statement that commits. It's got a stance. It's confident. And I love the one that Lauren shared with you. But don't forget that you also have the opportunity to sub-brand and this is where we kind of, we get into the specifics of, of what makes you so great. So it could be a little icon for each one of your core competencies. You know, for example, on your homepage now, you've got taste, style, promote, expert, leader, shop. Like, so even some of these would be opportunities to sub-brand where you can show that, in fact, you are an expert in, you're a stylist, you're a, you're a consultant, you're a coach, you know, all these different areas and way, ways people can work with you and you can brand that however you want. But remember, sub-branding allows you to go into more detail on some of those core competencies. For us, we sub-brand the locations that I spend and travel and work from. Travel is a big part of my brand. So I sub-brand that experience. I have a little icon for each one of my cities. 
Remember, you can sub-brand, so that takes off some of the pressure to feel like you need to get everything down in that one sentence. I have so many things running through my brain now. I just, um, I'm excited about these ideas, and I'm trying to think of what the, my next question is. Yeah, well, just verbalize some of these things you're thinking about, because it must feel kind of refreshing to have one sentence. You know, it feels nice, doesn't it? It's kind of like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, it definitely is great, because I, I have struggled with this for so long, um, I, I you know, put off building the website for so long because I couldn't do it. And then I'm like, I've just got to do something. And I like my website, but I just know that the messaging is not cohesive and I'm missing the brand statement. So this, this will help me rewrite all the content on the various pages to put the lens of the corporate client and offering solutions and that sort of thing into a better focus. Yeah, what I would recommend doing too, just to kind of keep those wheels turning, is go on LinkedIn and just search for social responsibility and look at the people who come up and they don't have to be food related, but look at how they describe themselves and the work that they do and how they help companies and also help other nonprofit organizations and just start to get some ideas. Because what's cool about you is that you're even more specialized than anyone in social responsibility positions because you have another career that you're excellent at. So I would do that to just get some ideas. That's a great idea too. Thank you. You're welcome. What other things should I be thinking about in terms of of the messaging? And, and I think I need to do, get somebody involved with SEO too, um, especially as I change all the copy. I'm I am a firm believer in not trying to uh, reinvent the wheel and um, defer things to people that have expertise instead of trying to do it all myself. Um, So I need need to um, come up with some keywords that are important for that. But um, do you have other thoughts on on ways to improve the website and things like that? I do. The messaging, I mean, the messaging. Go ahead. Yeah, I do. And it, 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 Um, relates to messaging, but maybe in a way you hadn't thought of. The photography on your website is absolutely beautiful. Uh, The the recipes and such that you've created, are are, are all of those original? Like, did you take those? All the photos are mine with the exception of the food styling portfolio page. There are, um, you know, when I was, there was a photographer who's credited, but otherwise they're all my photos. Yeah, beautiful. That's a, that's a real passion of mine too. Thank you. Yeah, so so those are great. But I think what's missing from the site, what almost feels secondary, back burner, and shouldn't be, are you within those contexts and environments. So like, I want to see you in the kitchen. I want to see you in your environment. Right now on your about page, there's a small little photo under me, Katie, of you, which is your profile photo, but it's you against a white background and it's not exciting enough. As I get to talk to you, Katie, like I want, I want to see you in the kitchen. Like I want to see you doing your thing. And I feel like as companies discover you and potential clients discover you, they see a lot of value in seeing you in that environment. Like there's a real kind of, I say this a lot, but there's like an aspirational element to us wanting Katie in the kitchen, you know? And I want to see that. I want to see that. I haven't seen that yet. I I had to ask you, are these photos yours? I want to know that this all interweaves with this beautiful brand that we're building that has so much backing and substance and expertise years of experience to it. 
That's a really good point. And I had noticed in uh, all the things you do, you've talked about um, the photography being so important. So I am, um, I was thinking, what, what am I missing? But I don't think I ever thought about me. I think that's part of the uh, behind the scenes aspect of my life is that I don't, but, which is not really true because I do a lot of media work for corporate clients, but much of what I do is, you know, behind the scenes, making everything come together. And so I don't think of myself in the context of being in those photos, but that's a really good point. Exactly. Because if a corporation is going to be considering hiring you now that you're fully embracing your consultant role, if a corporation is thinking about hiring you, they're going to go to your website and while they'll be happy to see these beautiful food and recipe photos, they're not really evaluating how good the recipe is. They're going to be evaluating you and sort of your your essence that comes across in a photo. So by having you front and center, which is definitely going to be a new new experience for you because you're usually behind the scenes, but I think that it'll help communicate who you are quicker than really any kind of long messaging or brand description could do. Great. I like that. And where you think this be something on every page, basically? Yeah. So when we work with a client and advise them on photos, usually we advise to find a photographer by even looking up wedding photographers, honestly, because they're great at capturing moments and movements. We want editorial style photos, not headshots. We want to see you and your element, just as Phil said. And the beauty of getting those types of photos is that while you're in the photos, it doesn't have to be your face and you don't have to be smiling and looking right into the camera for all of them. So even a a close-up of your hands like in dough or chopping something on a table, it's it's you, but it doesn't have to be necessarily like all of you. So the most important thing is to capture moments. That's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah, it's not about I, I like... Having... What I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not about you kind of um, being like, look at me, uh, you know, this is all about me. Sometimes people think, particularly when they're used to being behind the scenes, they think it might be interpreted that way. But in fact, when you've got a photographer that you know and trust, we're so careful about the photographers we work with on projects. They need to know how to capture you in a way that's true to your personality. And your personality is such that it's the work first. And, I, and I'm just the one to get it there. I'm just the one to deliver that to you. I'm the one to, you know, make sure that the time you spend on me is is worth it. You know, that's very much you. And, and a photographer that's good will know how to capture that. I'm super happy that this has been productive for you. We're really excited, actually, about some of the things we've discussed. And I'm excited to hear a follow-up from you because I know you're a woman of action. I know you're actually going to take action on this and implement it, which I'm excited to see how all of this works for you. Awesome. I so appreciate your time. And you didn't tell me my baby was ugly, so I feel good about that. Katie, your baby is not ugly and it's about to get even more beautiful. We're so excited for you and thank you for taking the time Woo-hoo! to be on Brand Therapy and, and share your, you know, your challenges with us. It's great. Katie's all fired up. I love when that happens on this podcast. She has crazy credentials. She does. She's a fast talker. Like, at first, it was funny when we were like, what's your sentence? And then she gave us a paragraph. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You and I looked up. I don't know if people know this, but on this podcast, we 
don't really know that much about the guests going into it. They fill out a very basic questionnaire that half the time I don't even look at. <laughs> it's true. No, I, yeah, Sam. You know, be, so we kind of deal with it as we go, but I love how she responded to the advice and feedback we gave us. She was so receptive and appreciative of that. And I think all too often we're too much in the trenches of what our clients need and what the projects are that we're working on to really give proper thought to what we're doing. Yeah, I think stepping outside of yourself is really key. And Katie, like you said, she was really in the trenches and thinking about all she could do and not really thinking about what corporations would want. A corporation might not want a list of credentials, even if they're incredible. Uh, A corporation wants to know that you're going to do a certain job and you're going to do it well. End of story. Yep, exactly. There's also real power in brevity. So for a corporation to get that in one sentence, as opposed to having to interpret it themselves from a long-winded paragraph, I think is really going to help Katie. It's kind of fun for you to listen in on how we take all of that complicated, long-winded paragraph of many amazing experiences, credentials, and distill it down to one sentence. That is very much the type of work that we do day to day. As people on the outside, we can listen in and go, that matters, that matters, that doesn't matter, that's secondary, don't worry about that. Boom. Here's how it is in one sentence. That's very much, you know, when we're doing work with branding, rebranding, etc. Distilling it down to one sentence, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. It's almost like the more you say, the more watered down it becomes, you know? Yeah. She was listing off all these incredible things and my I was listening and, and thinking, like, wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. That's impressive. But after a while, it's it kind of all blends together and it's not as impressive individually. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like the classic person that says, I'm an actor, writer, host, or producer, (laughs) you know, all of these things. The more you are, the less qualified you seem as a very specific expert that's good at one particular kind of area. Doesn't mean you don't do other things, but that that ability to commit to one thing has a lot of weight and power to it. I want to know what you think. Chances are, if you listen to this episode, you're also having challenges when it comes to distilling everything you do and what you're amazing at into one sense. It always is possible and sometimes it's helpful to have someone on the outside take inventory of that that's not as familiar and living it day to day. Let's continue the conversation. Hashtag brand therapy. That's ours. I'm at Phil Palin on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm at the Lauren Moore on the same platforms. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, will you do us a quick favor? Will you do this really quick? I promise it won't take long. Go to iTunes right now. Leave us a review. That single action, we notice it by the way, but that single action helps other people discover this podcast that might also be looking for some help and would benefit from some of the discussions we have. That's all we ask. I consider it to be an action of social responsibility. Oh, here we go. Exactly. (laughs) No, if, if, if you could do that, we would greatly appreciate it and we would notice. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode, a brand new conversation, a brand new career, another session of Brand Therapy. We appreciate you being here with us and we'll see you back next week on Brand Therapy. See you then. Here's what's coming next week. One of the things that I think we struggle the most with is knowing when to bring in a professional 
for services. So like if we're doing marketing, should we have a marketing professional and where do we spend that money? Because obviously there's limited budget in all of this and then trying to cover all of our bases really. 